Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome back to another edition of Bill Roden on Sports. Bros Pod, uh, we have a, f- a couple's very special guests today. Um, but of course, as always, I'm joined by Nabate Isles. We're taping this on a Thursday night. So, uh, of course, uh, the new Bryce Harper news came out. So we'll discuss that for sure. Um, and I'm going to hand it over to Nabate for the, uh, for the introductions of our special guests. Yes, yes, indeed. I want to introduce uh, two of the most distinguished individuals in their fields. Uh, first, uh, we have um, the great Professor Ken Shopshire. He uh, professor at Wharton, uh, the Wharton uh, School of Business, for many years, and now he's based in uh, Phoenix, Arizona. In Arizona, yeah, that's right, Arizona State. Yes, yeah. Arizona State. Yes, teaching at uh, over there where the Sun Devils are at. And the, my favorite name, one of their players, Remy Martin. Remy Love Martin. That, <laughs> that is a great name. You better take it, advantage of those endorsements. Every time I hear, it, I still do a double take. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, it's our pleasure to have uh, Professor Ken Shopshire, one of the preeminent sports business. Uh, um, experts in the world. Yes, indeed. Pleasure. Thank you. Appreciate that. And and my brother, one of my great, great friends um, and one of the most uh, electrifying uh, musicians, bassist musicians in the history of the music of jazz and his language through his instrument and his language when he speaks is just, uh, it illuminates and, and it captivates everyone around the world. It's my pleasure to have the great six-time Grammy Award winner as well, Christian McBride. What's going on, my brother? <laughs> What's going on? Yeah. Right. Wait, I won some student teaching awards or something. Yeah, I guess I'm, 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 no more love. Come on. <laughs> six, <laughs> six Grammys. <laughs> I'm, I'm going out the door. And on the line, the great, great preeminent uh, columnist and uh, a legend himself, Mr. Bill Roden on the line. Yeah. And, and once again, a guest on his own show. <laughs> great, great to have you here, Bill. I don't have six Grammys. You got to change fields. <laughs> Did you bring one? Did you bring see, one see the, the studio? See, the thing with them Grammys, and they don't really raise your gross fee. That oh. <laughs> they, they just good furniture. <laughs> they, they raise your fee for a year until that next person gets that same Grammy the next year. <laughs> Don't don't tell that to Spike Lee. You saw how excited Spike was. Exactly. That's right. Yeah, well, he'll, he'll be cool for the next 362 days. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. I'm in an undisclosed location, but, man, with we, we, Shropshire there and then Christian, man, I'm so sorry to miss the party, but, you know. You want to get into to sports right away? You want to want to talk about uh yeah. the, the Bryce the Bryce Harper news? Bryce Harper since, deal. since we're in a Philly Philly state of mind. <laughs> now, gentlemen. Oh no, he didn't do that, did he? <laughs> <laughs> now, will Bryce Harper will Bryce Harper be able to uh be able to resonate like Philly soul? Can he do it for 13 seasons? That means he'll be 39 at the end of the exactly. contract. What's your take on the signing and, and what he can do imminently? imminently? I, I don't know, man. You know, I, I can't think of too many instances, uh, particularly in the modern era, where someone, I mean, who's the last person to spend that much time with one team? You know, I, I can think of people like, you know, uh, Tony Gwynn or... Mm-hmm. Derek Jeter. Yeah, mm-hmm. Jeter or, or Barry, somebody like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bryce Harper for 13 years in Philly, that's going to be, um, you know, there'll be a honeymoon period. It'll be cool. There are honeymoons in Philly? Oh, yeah. You get a couple. Well, I mean, look at Nick Foles. All you got to do is win. You got to win. produce. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. Well, yeah. Super Bowl. You are only as good as your last play. <laughs> <laughs> Santa Claus. Exactly. Christian, you grew up in Philadelphia, man. It's your duty to tell. Didn't his brother know about Santa Claus? They, 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 it's a myth. That's a Santa myth. Santa Claus with snowballs in Philadelphia? <laughs> <That's> <laughs> mythical. Yeah. I, thought, I thought there was a 30 for 30 on it. <laughs> yeah, they documented I, I, it. I thought they did that at Franklin Field in, uh, in yeah. 69. Yeah, yeah they, they were trying to uh, – uh, uh, people were hoping that the Eagles would lose uh, so they can get the uh, first – 
pick in the 69 draft and get uh, O.J. Simpson. Yeah. Instead, wow. they won their last two games and finished the season 2-12. and 12 And Buffalo. And, and, exactly. And, and got Leroy Keys instead. <laughs> Who? And, exactly. And I think that's when they, uh, that that's when they, like, right, that season was when they started, uh, was when they, they uh, threw those snowballs at, at some <laughs> <laughs> with, with, with good reason. Became with good tra- reason. Yeah. Became yeah. a tradition after that. Exactly. <laughs> can't, can't shake that reputation, though. <laughs> so thir- 13 years, 13-year deal. $330 million. $330 million. I, I'm, And no opt-out. No opt-out. I, I, won- I wonder why baseball ke- keeps... You know, they they seem to be the only league now that keeps the, the, these long term contracts right. going. You know, the NBA the the trend is short term deals, right. and these guys right. they're in their prime. Like LeBron, when he was in his when he was younger in his prime, he was doing one two year deals. Right, and right. I'm, I wonder why the baseball guys aren't aren't going that. Well, way. the other thing I, I I worry about sometimes is the last time the Phillies uh, kind of fell under some financial pressure to kind of pay the big stars. Uh, that's when they uh, re-upped on Ryan Howard, and yes. we see what ha- what happened there. Right, you know. Uh, I think they also paid a bunch of money to Jimmy Rollins. They paid all their veterans, mm-hmm. and they were all on the Chase Utley. Yeah, Chase Utley. They, they exactly. Calculated. Yeah. And uh, you know, I think that sent them down a deep financial hole. Now they paying out with the highest baseball contract in history. Yeah. But, yeah. But that's that's the the nature of the game now. Yeah. The guys want the big number, and the only way the teams are going to do it is to spread it out. And mm-hmm. so the idea of you know, ten million a year, whatever that somebody do the math. Well, I kind of <laughs> wonder why Bryce Harper. <laughs> yeah, hundred thirty. It would be hundred thirty <laughs> right. for thirteen years. Yeah. Yeah, so. And Bryce Harper. Yeah, that was around twenty. It's around twenty six, twenty six per year. Twenty six per year. So that's the nature of the game. And and uh, and the idea for a team in baseball to do it, you know, it's guaranteed. Right. This is what the number is going to be. They can they can cost it out, and if, football is is more you know play around kind of numbers. Right. Oh, Whatever right. number you hear there is, is not a real number. Right. That, that money is not guaranteed. It's, right. True fake so, news. So baseball has just made that decision. We want to have these long term right. deals and, and keep these guys in place. You know, every time you know this year, I don't know if you guys know that, but this year is the 50th anniversary of Kurt Flood. Oh yes. Uh, basically mm-hmm. saying hell no, I won't go. You know, he, 50 years ago you know, this year, you know he was. Traded, you know, Kirk, well, seven-time Gold Glove, was traded from St. Louis to Philly, to, right? To the Phillies. To Philly, right? Yeah, he's like, I ain't going Richie to Philly. Allen was there. <laughs> what, what, a, what, a, what a mistake! I mean, forget, forget the principal, but why not go to Philly? <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. Principal aside, right. <laughs> yeah, but but basically, he took on he, he Kirk Flood took on Major League Baseball, basically threw away his career, right? But he he, he was sort of the Christmas addicts. Of, yes, you know, of professional sports because he threw himself in front of that musket, and yeah. every time I see this, a signing like this, whether it's this guy, Chano, basketball, football, every time, I, I think it just Kurt Flood. There should Kurt be age, yep. there should be statues built of this cat around you know, around the the, 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 the country. Yeah. But mm-hmm. um, he's a guy, man. He's a guy who basically. All this stuff, man. He was a bad, bad man. And he played basketball with Bill and he, Russell and, he, and he was married and to Frank Judy Robinson. Yeah, he played. Yeah, McClyman's High School. Yes, in Oakland. <laughs> do, that's, right, that's right. Do you do you think do you think Bryce Harper knows who Kurt Flood is? Ooh, I hope so. Don't, no, question. let's not start that. That's that like that old Jackie Robinson question a few years ago. I mean, that twenty twenty. It was uh, heartbreaking. Oh, I mean, was, oh was the cats that did. Yeah, that, I still think about that. That you don't know who got you paid. Yeah, you, you don't forget the. And then there was the social issues and like, but you don't know the economics of who who really got you. And there was a famous baseball player who shall remain nameless, African American baseball player who said, uh, "Knowing who, knowing or not knowing who Jackie Robinson is doesn't pay my bills." Mm, 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 And I said, "Lord have mercy." That's not a a pretty quote. (laughs) (laughs) We we are in trouble. I thought we were having an upshot today. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Trying to bring us down. Trying to bring us down. You know, you we should take him. that. You ought to name him. Yeah, you got to name that. With that. Really? Yeah, why not? Frank Thomas. Yeah. Oh, wow. Oh. Yeah. Oh. 
the Big Hurt that. said that. That's, He's still working too. Look oh at man, that, I, I like I liked his commercials too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Man, I keep thinking about that product. Maybe you should take him straight to the Jackie Robinson Museum. Well, right here in the city. He came under such fire. He knows now. Oh yeah, yeah. But at that at that time, he was just like, man, I don't know Jackie Robinson, and don't need to know. No wonder he's at Fox. <laughs> I'm just playing. Now we forgive the brother. That was a long time ago. <laughs> so now with the Philadelphia Phillies, what's what's the uh, what, what do we expect in 2019? I mean, if they don't win the N- the NL East, well, then it's also, a failure. We right? also got uh, David Robertson. That's right, that David Robertson, and also yeah. and also Andrew McCutcheon. Yeah, that's well. right. Yeah, yeah Cutchin and uh, resign Aaron Nola to a nice. They look like they're trying to do deal. something, yeah. man. Yeah. So, what's, what's, what's the pitching looking like? I, I, you know, I'm rooting against you. I'm I'm a lifelong Mets fan. Oh, which, which well, is, which is not I'm fun. Sorry. I'm, yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> you know, but, but I just 69. You know, we have 69. You know, was that <laughs> I, you, know, uh, you know, I grew up a Knicks fan, a Mets I, I, fan. 86. It hasn't 86, been pretty. They got one, got one in between. That's yeah. right. Are we really talking baseball, man? <laughs> <laughs> well, brother, brothers can't talk baseball. You know, I'm just saying this major. Okay, well, look, let's talk. Let's talk hockey. Let's talk. Let's talk about Wayne Simmons, brother Wayne Simmons. Wayne Simmons. <laughs> not, not with Philly anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Is that, so, so, is that because you don't want to talk? You don't want to talk Seventy Sixers. <laughs> no, that's that's the only team doing halfway good. Ooh. You know, well, I mean, the Eagles are, are, are all right too. Um, you know, they, they just got some questions. They got some questions right. they need to be answered. We're in the NBA season, man, and everybody everybody's talking about the team in your division is Toronto and Milwaukee. But what's the mood in Philadelphia? Is this is this your year? I mean, you know, what's the name is trying to work out with Magic Johnson? <laughs> yeah, I know, right? I don't understand. Can somebody explain to me why he? I mean, at this point in his career, why don't he just get in the gym early and shed on his free throws, man? And his jump just shooting. Practice. I think he does, but I think does he? he? I think I've seen him practice like before games, taking threes. <laughs> I think he has like the yips almost. Like he's afraid. <laughs> right? He's afraid to shoot. You know, oh, to me, yes. I would if I'm his coach, I just say. I want you to take at least two, two, three threes a game. I don't care if you go zero for thirty right. in the first ten games, just but you got to get that. You got to get it out until the rhythm comes or, back. Right. Or I'll right. find you. Right. Or I'll find right. you. Yeah. Like seriously, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, coaches yeah. have said that to players. Because you look you know? at his form, it's not right. horrible. No, like I've right. seen worse. Like you know, Lonzo Ball, he has a weird form, but he shoots the ball. <laughs> right. right, right. You know, right. I think that's the key. I don't know. I think the Sixers are almost there. I I, I saw a stat that was troubling. I think we're like. Uh, Two and twelve against the uh, Raptors, Celtics, and Bucks combined. That's not good. That's not good. Yeah. Especially playoff seven game playoffs. That's right. Where you're gonna That's play right. All t- all three teams possibly. Like? Right. What's the chemistry like? You know, what is the you know? I mean, all seriousness. You know, we talked. About, you know, you you put together played with great groups. Played right. with your own great groups. You played with big bands. You small groups. How important, and people are talking about this with the 76ers, the Celtics, now the Lakers. How important is chemistry to success? Because everybody's talking about it. I know it's got to be the same thing when you put together groups. Oh, yeah. You know, how important is chemistry to success? I, I like to think that's probably the most important thing. Because I, I think if, uh, if, um, the musicians on stage really enjoy each other. They will pull each other up, even if some, even if there's a musician out there that might be uh, have greater skill than the ones in your band. I think the the overall uh, combined chemistry of that band will lift all the musicians higher. So I remember when uh, when the Sixers traded uh, uh, Sarich and uh, Covington to uh, you know in, in the Jimmy Butler trade. I think most people in Philly were like, uh-oh. You know, I mean, we know Jimmy Butler's a great player, but we also know he's he, he's a roll of the dice in terms of, of chemistry. He's right. You know? he's, not, he's not a cancer, but it's close. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that one won't go that far. That's, that's, right. I, I'm trying to d- I'll degrees. I'll let you say that. He's, right, he's, right, right. There's been historically been issues. Yeah, and so, uh, I mean, I don't know. They they may win some more games, but, but at what cost, you know? Right. And in question for, for you gentlemen, like this Tobias Harris and Jimmy Butler, both unrestricted free agents at right. the end of the season. Right. So uh, who do Philly sign? Because you know they can't sign both of them. 
So do they right. go with Tobias Harris, who's more of a team guy, more of a, you know, more of a, uh, known as a class act, known as someone that's great right. for the community, or do they go for Jimmy Butler, who just wants to win? Right. You know, so, I mean, I mean, Tobias, I'm not saying Tobias, but, right. but what do you guys think of who can be that guy that they'll sign? I mean, my, my first thought is, is Tobias, just, just as less problematic in a lot of ways. But I think, you know, I think the, the, the bigger issue with this whole Sixers thing, and you know, we've trusted the process and done that whole yeah. That whole thing. I still don't think the city is believing it's about to happen. I mean, we had a little bit of an uptick when we won a Super Bowl, mm-hmm. right? But the idea that the Sixers would actually are actually back is still not fully, not quite fully in the air, right? Yeah. yeah. Why, why is that? I think I, it's about if you go scale from one to ten, it's probably at eight. You know, mm-hmm. maybe seven, eight. You think? Yeah, and, and you, you know? have, and, and and one thing thing for me is is you still have at the helm a coach that mm. took him through the process, right? And he's you know it's a wonderful guy, but this is not the pre the premier coach that you see mm. taking them to that championship <clears throat> game. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I I like I like Brett. I, I think uh, no, he's a nice guy. Yeah, <laughs> no, but, but no, also <laughs> anybody that can go through the process, right? Is, yeah, is, is, yeah. You know, I, but it's I almost like you have to. You have to. It's like you owe it to him to, to let him to let try him to get there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. You know I mean? That's right. And let him, that's right. You know, he went through that those horrible times, winning with you know a couple games a season. Yeah, for how had many them years? playing hard. Had them you know, playing hard. Right. Even though they were losing, they were still playing that's hard. Right. So. And the most unique accent in sports, Australian accent mixed. With, with a Maine accent, New England. No. <laughs> I mean, you think of players that went through the process that are elsewhere. You know, Lou yeah. Williams, right. Andre. I mean, right. all these guys that, that if you're going to give somebody, you know, you 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 need to receive the benefits. Maybe right. you need to bring some guys back. I remember right. how excited yeah. Philly was when we drafted Okafor. Mm-hmm. That didn't uh, last. That, that didn't, didn't last. last. That didn't quite. <laughs> <work>. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was actually high on him, you know, coming out. But yeah, I don't yeah. Know what happened there? Yeah. Well, he he's had, he had some moments with New Orleans a little bit. Yeah, you recently, know, like very recently. recently. Yeah, I remember but, seeing him on. He was on Shaq to the Fool too much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not, never, never a good thing. <laughs> I would love that personally. I would love to be on Shaq to the Fool. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know about that. LeBron is on canary in the mind indicator. Exactly. <laughs> it's just so disturbing, though, to me. And I don't know if this has to do with, you know, with generation, whatever it is, generation. When a guy like Simmons, who you're kind of counting on, yeah. is talking about look out with, you know, with magic. I mean, here we are, you're supposed to be in the middle of a, you know, of a playoff race. And these distractions come up about, well, you know, then you go up to Boston and again, you know, I, I keep thinking of this whole thing with chemistry. And I don't know, you know, the guys, those, those guys played great last year. Kyrie wasn't there. Uh, the other guy, you know, uh, wasn't even going to hurt. It wasn't there. Yeah, these hey. guys were, you know, playing. Now, all of a sudden, these guys are coming back, and it's falling apart because the rumor is, you know, the young guys are kind of unhappy with their roles, and Kyrie is kind of now, you know, pulling rank like the old guy. You know, it's, it's, I don't know if it's just a sign of the times or it's greed or people after that number, you know. Um, but it's just, you know, it just seems it's just if I'm in Philly, if I'm in Boston, I'm kind of I'm kind of disappointed. Right. You know, I don't know if it's a sign of the times. I would assume that, you know, chemistry issues and stuff like that, egos, you know, that's yeah. been a, around as long as, long as anything, yeah. really, you know, any sport, any game. So, you know, it's just part of the deal, I think, and, and you got to – you know, you have to have the right personalities together. And maybe, like like you said, it goes back to the coach sometimes. You have to have the right person running the situation to be able to navigate those personalities. Well, the, the Lakers, I think the Lakers, too. I mean, this, right. this whole LeBron thing and, and Luke Walton. I mean, it's, it's there's something. Yeah, and, and, again, less talent there. Right. Yeah. But they can't figure out what to do. That's a sure enough chemistry. mess. Oh, That's yeah. a mess. Yeah. That's a mess. And I think, <laughs> and, and LeBron, to me, to, I mean, you know, LeBron's, best player in the game, um, you know, does a lot, you know, does great things all around. I just think his one deficiency might be uh, general manager. When he tries to play general manager right. and bring his own guys in there or even pull some strings here and there, like in terms of what, to me, what, what Clutch did and what Rich Paul did, and I would assume that LeBron is part of that. I would just assume. Oh, yeah, um, he's a partner in Clutch. You know, so, <laughs> Basically. Right. But, to, but, to, but to kind of blow up the situation at that time, when he had already proven that when he's healthy, that they were they were like a top five team right, in the West, right. yeah. you know why not ride it out and then in the summer deal with this rather than 
you know, take a chance to blow the whole thing up, and now nobody has confidence in what's going yeah, on. Yeah. So now he's, you know, I, it appears to be the the no fun team now. And I, <laughs> I, I, you know, I where the Sixers, they're having a good time out right, there. Right. Right. It would be tough. Not that anybody's going to invite me, but but to play for the Lakers now. Would, and even to play, you know, I'm playing with LeBron is not an exciting. It's it's actually a intimidating thing right, right now, right. as opposed to this is a great teammate to have. Right, right. Is uh, what do you guys think about this whole the Anthony Davis situation? Is is he going? Is he going to be a Laker next season? Oh, wow, because he's sure enough not going to be a, a Pelican. I think with Dallas, <laughs> 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 let me tell you, he won't be showing up in training yeah. camp. He's That's not a Pelican right. now. You know? yeah, exactly. Right. Right. <laughs> But uh, I, I, anti thirteen year contract. There I, won't be a thirteen year contract. I think with Dell Demps being fired for not yeah. executing that deal, with him being fired, I think they're gonna they're gonna execute it. They're gonna make sure that with the Lakers, because I don't think he's getting a better deal than what he you know the offer that he received. Alonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram, Kyle Kuzma, two first rounders. That's yeah. not going to happen with any other team. So I think they're gonna try to to bring up talks. And it's better for the Lakers to do that type of deal in the offseason. So then yeah. Anthony comes in training camp with LeBron, and then he can also sign some veterans on the veteran minimum. Yeah. Uh, they also have a mid-level exemption they can use. So uh, I think th- he will be a Laker. He will be a Laker. I, and I think he'll be unhappy. <laughs> and, he, and he's going to be mad. And he's, you know, he's going to go through the, you know, the, the dance around. He'll probably wind up with the, you know, he'll probably play half a season in L.A. and then wind up in, you know, I don't know, Boston maybe or, or, or Milwaukee. You know, one of the other right. premier teams right. in the league. And, you know, people are even talking about the Knicks having a chance uh, because, yeah. he, because right. he wants to be in a big market supposedly. Especially if he, they and get if the, the first Knicks, pick overall. If the Knicks get one of the, you know, top three pick. I'm not so sure that they would give up the first pick uh, this year, but you never know. And the um, young talent, Knox yeah, and Robinson talent. and Trier, and you now right. they can and Dennis Smith, they can be able to package yeah. those guys right. now. They're exactly. showing some some great improvement. So, so, so I'm a little worried about the Lakers, really, and 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 LeBron. It's, to me, it's going to be interesting to watch this last stage on the at least one of the one of the last stages of LeBron's career. This, these yeah. these four years, it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out because obviously. He's getting up there in age. I know he. I know he's a physical specimen, but he he did get hurt this year um, for the first time. You know that seriously. Yeah. In terms of games missed, so it's going to be interesting. And then you have all this. You know all the other stuff he has going on. You got Clutch becoming a bigger player in the game. So I don't know. You know we'll see. I'm a little worried though if, about them not getting Anthony Davis, and even if they do get him, you know what else can yeah. they do after that? Right. Right. I don't. I, I don't see them going. I, I think they kind of hit their ceiling. Whatever they're gonna do, they doing it yeah, <laughs> right, right now. <laughs> <laughs> Who you guys got coming out of the East? I mean, uh, the Knicks. <laughs> you know, with the top draft pick, out, out as in as in winning, not out as in out yeah, the league. I would, I would love for the Knicks to find a way to to get back. I mean, that, that would be, be so great. much for basketball to have yes. the Knicks back in it. Right. You know, Scott, right. Well, Scott I, I, I was great. happy. I was telling them that when they when they finally, you know, when Porzingis and the Knicks part of ways, you know, I said they're great. That's a great step forward. He didn't want to be there. And again, I think he was part of this whole hype. Yeah. You know. They're actually doing it right, right now. I mean, I mean, by not winning any games, they're going through that process that Philly went through. Right. And and we see that Philly got some good talent out of it. It took Philly a few years. Mm-hmm. Might, the Knicks might get it done a little quicker. Yeah. Um, but finally. I think that they're doing, you know, you got uh, Scott Perry and you got Mills. Mm-hmm. And Craig Robinson. Craig Robinson. His, his player development yeah, game do, is unreal. Right, doing know, the right thing in terms of, uh, you know, sacrificing sacrificing this year. And, and we'll see what happens if they can get some free agents and they'll definitely get a good draft pick. Um, so we'll see. I think in the years past, they probably would have messed it up somehow by winning yeah. 25 games, you know, 25 to 30 games and got nothing out of it. Tried to sign an old free agent. Yeah, you know, so right. I, so let's see if they do it right this time. I think I think they're going in the right direction. Definitely. Is Toronto yeah, still the best team in the East? Yeah. I think so. Yeah, yeah. I kind of feel like Milwaukee might be a sleeper. I think everybody knows about them, man. Yeah, seeing that brother. But you know, everything changes during the playoffs. Yes. True. Right. And Kawhi right. And, during the playoffs. And Kawhi and Leonard has a leg up on everyone yeah. in the yeah. East. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I, I, but, you know, don't yeah. sleep. 
Don't, on Boston and don't sleep on Philly because, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, I think it's a big difference because Philly's been there. You know, they, they, they had that disappointment of last year. Right. And Butler's been there. I think that when you've got a seven-game series, yeah. anything could happen. And you got that kind of – so I, don't sleep, you know. And, and, and uh, you know, I, I've been watching what the Kawhi – He's almost he's eighty percent back. He's not all the way back yet. Right, and that's scary. Yeah. <laughs> he's looking great too. <laughs> yeah, yeah but he, you know, but as opposed to Philadelphia, is healthy. Right, you right. know, Philadelphia is healthy. Uh, Boston is pretty healthy, and Kyrie for all the baggage. I think in a seven game series, his brother could be. Oh yeah. Right. I, so oh, yeah. Just, I think people find a way to figure it out. Right, <laughs> they right. figure it out when the money's on the line. This ain't the NCAA tournament, you know. It's one. Of the, right, this right. is like the money's on the line, and now we have seven games. I think we're going to be surprised. Yeah, I agree with that. I, I don't, you know, I don't like to put too much uh, weight on the regular season. You know, been watching the NBA for years, and you know, you you just you know you know the playoffs is a, a different different beast. It's a whole new season. And like yeah. like you said, Boston Boston has really been there before. Right. You know, they right. they went to the Eastern Conference Finals last year without without Kyrie, right. uh, and we see. You know, even in the regular season, when they get up for big games even without Kyrie or with him, you you know, mostly, unfortunately, without Kyrie this year. They, right. When they get up, when they play like Milwaukee or somebody like that, they step up and play good games. So, you know, I would worry about – I'd really worry about Boston. But that, the reason I asked, you know, who people thought was coming out the East is because I have no – It's to me, it's wide open. It's kind of it's kind of a toss-up. Yeah, right. I can't – I can't quite put my finger who's going to come out. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you know the, the Boston thing goes back to what I was saying earlier, and they have Brad Stevens. Right. Yeah. So so there is somebody at the helm that you say this is somebody that can do it, and that yet, but the plan the plan yeah. is in place. You trust you trust him. Kinda. You, you trust mm-hmm. him. Yeah. yeah. He's, he's not. There's not going to be some you know crazy you know last minute kind of decision. Right. He'll be. He'll be. Uh, ultra prepared, and he will be prepared. <laughs> yeah, will they execute? What right, he prepares? right. That's true. They, they, they haven't so far in the regular right. season. And, yeah. I mean, but I have to say, like the reason why I pick Toronto, they're just so balanced, you right. know, and they can offensively, defensively, and Kawhi Leonard is that difference. Because remember, two years ago, he was giving Kevin Durant the business in that yeah. game one. I mean, it was like night and day on who was the possibly the best player, well, the best player in the Western Conference, right, you know, right. for sure. And uh, I think now, and Bill made a good point, that Kawhi is 80%, but that's why they're resting, and he's not doing uh, uh, back-to-backs. Right, he's right. rested around 14, 15 games this year, and it's given an opportunity for Serge Ibaka or Pascal Siakam uh, to really step up as scorers. So yeah. now th- that makes him so dangerous. And then Marcus Gasol, the addition of Marcus Gasol, that's an X factor right who, there. Who, who do you think could be the sleeper team out in the West? Is, is Denver going to do something? I don't. I don't trust them. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't trust them. I think they'll wilt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 I like. I like Denver. But again, yeah. man, you know, and, and I think it, it, it cuts across discipline, Christian. Right. I mean, and about to you guys lead your own groups. I keep bringing this up because I'm really fascinated by this whole. I think the convergence of sports and music in particular. We talk about groups yes. and performance. And it's one thing, you know, the you know, Denver, but but there's something to be said for experience. Yes, you know, there's something yes. to be said for experience and having been there and and knowing when to perform. You know, yeah. knowing that you you know you have you may have like a series of one night gigs, but I remember they said that you know when you know, the famous uh, Paul Gonzalez right. famous <laughs> solo at, at Newport. Yes, and I remember that was at a time when the Ellington Band was kind of you know kind of fading a little with popularity yeah. and. All probably, essentially, Ellington told Gonzalez, he's like, you know, you kind of, you know, we kind of need a great performance tonight. Right, right. And yeah, he turned into one of the performance of the ages. So I just, mm-hmm. so you know, I just think there's a difference between Denver and all these teams, but Golden State, and they're oh, just yeah. waiting. They just waiting until they get to the playoffs. You know. Well, they and they destroyed Denver in a, they had a big regular season game. If that if that makes any sense, but. Uh, Golden State destroyed them by like forty or fifty when they right. when they played yeah, yeah. Right, earlier in the right. season. Yeah. I think the sleeper is the team who was there last year and gave Golden State all the problems. Uh, Houston, I think they're starting think to get it. It's starting to get hot. Starting again. to get yeah. it together. Yeah. At least I think out of out of all the teams in the West, I'm not sure that they're the same team as they were last year. <laughs> right. But out of all the te- other teams in the West, that's the team I'd be scared of. Right. 
Hard still on the team. He's still there. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and Newark's own Kenneth Reed yeah. could he be that up. difference maker. Right, like right, right. he's been unbelievable for them. So. I, I didn't realize that Mellow's stock had fallen yeah. as oh. far as it did. Ooh. Yeah, let's talk what about Mellow. Let's talk there? about, about, about Mellow. I won't play with Brother Mellow no more. <laughs> <laughs> what, what do you think that is, man? I don't know. I mean, he had a hell of a. I mean, you, you know, man, it's just this game, like what they say, the same about. about uh, LeBron, they said, Father Time is undefeated. Right, <laughs> right, <And laughs> right. I think, I think you know, as artists, you know, when you're a music writer, whatever, the older you get, sometimes the better you get. Yeah. But in this field, you know, and I just think for for Mellow Man, after he left the I think, and then uh, at Oklahoma, I think he really is not the same guy, and the, and, the, and the kind of player he is, you know, the ice on all that kind of stuff. You know, Rivers run their course, and I just think. You know, I think Melo was great. He should you know, be in the whole thing. But I just think that's an example of the river is running its course. Yeah. Right. And, and we continue to be shocked by that, too, when, when a player is no longer the player he, she used to be. Right. And it happens much more rapidly than, than we, we think it will. Yeah. I mean, we, it was, we see it happening, we, we say, no, it couldn't be. Yes. But, but yeah. and, and I think, you know, go back to LeBron. I mean, Melo, I think, is for sure. LeBron, we're watching – so many people have talked about how, how much slower he looks now that, than he did. That, he, that he's yeah. he's a different a different guy. I mean, and you, but you don't want that to be happening, right. no right, matter what right. you thought about yep. him. I think even the haters are like, yeah, this guy. But is he really can good. still ball though. I mean, yes. oh, no, no. And, 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 and we talk about somebody if right. 50 percent. Right, I'll I'll take him above. <laughs> right, right. Most right. players, and he'll still be top ten in the next yeah. three. He'll still be a top five, right. top, right. top ten right. player. You know, in each of your cases, who is the one great player you saw? Sort of just deteriorate in front of your eyes. That you, I don't know if it was your favorite player. Who's one player you could, each of you could think about? I, I remember Ooh. Julius Irving's last season as a player. That 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 made me sad. I mean, he always has he always has so much dignity. You know, he was always such a upstanding uh, gentleman. But I remember I think his last season was '87, and uh, mm-hmm. just. You know, actually seeing the torch, like Jordan taking the torch, mm-hmm. I was like, ah, I hate to see that. But I guess you know, Chuck that's what on happens. The team Chuck became that's right. Chuck became a man. Yeah. I had just moved to yep. Philly, and and it was you know, I got my season tickets, and to see that that decline, to see the, yeah. the guy who was not the guy I saw in the ABA, right? You know, wait, right? It yes. was it was dramatic. Yeah, and and then Chuck rose up. I yeah. mean, he had some. He had somebody else. You know, that was one of the clearest cases of right. passing the torch on right. to somebody to get behind. Right, right. Wow. Um, for me, Allen Iverson's my favorite player mm, in NBA history. My, my Miami, yeah. you know, yeah. and, and he took a because when you lose that speed, right. that acceleration and that quickness, right. it you can see the difference. And and I see Russell Westbrook having the same type mm. of decline in the next two, three years. I see the same thing mm. with Westbrook. Listen, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna cut out, but uh hey uh hey Ken, man, thanks so much for being on the show. Kristen, thanks so much, man. You know, look forward to connecting soon. What an honor. Uh, Jamal Debate, you know. Yes, sir. No, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, this keep, was painful. Hold, hold it down. <laughs> <laughs> Hard work. Go New York, go New York, go. <laughs> you the man, brother. Take care, sir. All right. Bye-bye. Be cool. Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at www dot audibletrial dot com backslash Bill Roden on sports. Over a hundred eighty thousand titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Again, that's www.audibletrial.com backslash Bill Roden on sports. Check it out. Professor Shopsire, you wrote a book, um, which your latest book, you've written many um, interesting books just on when it comes to sports business, sports law, and you wrote a book called The Miseducation of the Student Athlete, How to Fix College Sports. And now is a big situation now with Zion Williamson hurting his knee, as we all know, a couple of weeks ago against North Carolina. His shoe, his Nike uh, sneaker exploded on him <laughs> right in front of President Obama 37 seconds into the game. <laughs> so, but, um, but, but the ticket... One of the tickets sold for ten thousand dollars, and this is a college game at Cameron Indoor Stadium. Right. So, what is your take on the fact that the one and done rule, um, the NBA lowering, uh, proposing to lower the the um, age limit to eighteen, and also how it's such a problem for young uh, 
African-American basketball players to want to go pro, but then you have European players like Yuka Doncic playing pro when he's 15, 16 years old, but it's such a problem here. And then these colleges are taking you know, their likenesses and their right. skills to be able to profit. What is your take on, on well, that yeah, yeah, and yeah. how T- to fix that? Tennis, golf, I mean, all, all these other sports you can go as soon as you can go. So, mm-hmm. so my, my broad feeling is that there's nothing, nothing wrong with it. There's nothing wrong with providing opportunity. I, I think there's a bigger social issue on you know, counseling and making sure the timing is right mm-hmm. and all that sort of stuff. But the idea of having artificial you know, restraint in there saying you got to go to college for a year Mm-hmm. That 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 hasn't done anybody any good, and I'm I'm pretty sure that, and it seems that rule is going to be thrown out over the, over the course of the next collective bargaining agreement. So in a, so in a couple of years, it'll it'll be out of there. To to me, the key is, and everybody's talking about how much money is there in college sports now, that you use the funds to find a way for the guys that do make it there to get a meaningful degree at some point right. in their life, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. lifetime scholarships counseling, that there's a you know, pre-entry boot camp where academics are stressed, and all those conversations. You know, most of us have had a chance to have some kind of journey in our lives to make mistakes and changes and that sort of stuff, mm-hmm. and to think about, and we end up where we ended up. Right. But these guys, it, the, the better you are, the less time you're going to have to think about, well, what would I do in lieu? And and Christian, though, you know, is a, is a great musician. The more you 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 think you got to do something else, yeah. the, the, that little bit of doubt gets in there. Then that that can mess you up in what you're trying to do. So we got to find ways to uh, get in these guys' heads. It's okay to think about your future. So you, as, as Bill said earlier, mm-hmm. you're not a musician. You're not a writer. This thing's going to end. You know, football players three and a half years, basketball players four years. So you know, you got a whole life ahead of you. Mm-hmm. Right. So, so that to me is the most important part. There's nothing wrong. You know, so, so part two is there's nothing wrong with paying these guys if you can find a way to uh, distribute the the revenues that are there after you take care of this educational piece. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I think that that's fine. A lot of issues to deal with. But, but nothing wrong with it. Well, and Christian, you were 17 years old, coming to New York, realizing yeah. your dream, playing with Bobby Watson and, mm-hmm. and you know, legends like that. You should have done in. a year of college, so. man. You shouldn't come <laughs> playing right away. <laughs> <laughs> You've been a better Julia, man. And yeah. Juilliard, you... If you, I were you, a basketball player, I, I wouldn't have been able to do that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I came right. out... Yeah, exactly. And Juilliard was your school. If you and you know ended up going to school, Juilliard yes. would have been the school. So t- talk about well, I, your I take did, on it. I did go to Juilliard for one year, but one and done. It worked. It worked. <laughs> but you know, I I certainly think about that all the time. I mean, I think about these uh, the the story jazz legends who were sort of child prodigies. You know, Tony Williams. Joining Miles Davis's band at age seventeen, you know, Lee or, Morgan, you know, Lee Morgan playing with Dizzy Gillespie at age eighteen, or, or Monk going on on tour with uh, Coleman Hawkins when he was nineteen or, or twenty. Um, I, like you said, Ken, I think there, there's sort of um, the the theory is that you get to go to college, you have all of your education paid for, you get to be in this training ground where you get to make mistakes and learn in a non-professional setting. You get to grow and hopefully mature so that you're ready to be uh, uh, a contributing, upstanding member of society. But sometimes, uh, I mean, I'm willing to guess that some of the uh, most non-constructive citizens in our country did four years of college. Some White House. I know I know one. You know? So University not, of Pennsylvania. <laughs> Destructive. You know, I, I, I think that if you have the talent and there is something there that you can contribute, yeah, you should be able to, you know, I I, I was lucky. You know, I, I'm generally not one for the word lucky, but I feel like that, um, and I, I assume this happens in professional sports. I mean, like, when I was 17 playing in Bobby Watson's band, at age 17, I at least knew that no matter how highly touted a young musician I was, when I'm in the, when I'm in the presence of elders, I shut up. You know, mm-hmm. I listen to them. I follow their lead. You know, Ron Carter or Ray Brown or any of these bass players, they'd be like, hey, you know, shut up, young boy. This is what you're supposed to be doing. <laughs> no, you messed that up. Here, let me show you what you're supposed to be doing. Mm-hmm. You know, I shut up and I listen to, to the elders. You know, I've always been about that. So 
I think um, there's been so many instances where you know we we see a lot of younger athletes saying, "Well, look, I'm just going to make the money. I'm you know, uh, 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 um, you know, get rich or die trying that, that, that sort of thing. You know, I don't care what the elders say to me. You know, I'm getting paid. Y'all using my face, you know, to, to uh, as the image for the team or whatever it is, and then they kind of kind of go off the rails, but. Um, I don't know if making a particular player stay in college, you know, I, that's, I don't think that's always a, the, the best thing. It's got to be a case-by-case scenario. Mm-hmm. You know, if you see 17, 18-year-old players out there killing, he's mature, he's going to sure. be all right, let him go. Let him go to the pros. Mm-hmm. Well, you know? one of the things the colleges will say, the NCAA will say, it's not their rule, right? The, oh, right. The right. M, the, it's the NBA's rule. It's the NBA and the, and, and the Players Association. Right, right, and you mentioned that, you know, nobody's – who's benefiting from it, the NBA probably is because they get a chance to make less mistakes. You know, if they right. if they start drafting people out of high school, then they're taking a bigger chance on kids. They actually get a farm system of one year uh, to judge these kids and see, you know, to really see them play against each other. So I think the NBA really does benefit from that, from the from at least the one-and-done rule. They probably want, want two more, you know, at least two years in college. Right. So, and then, and then at the same time, if the NBA... Uh, changes the rule, then you know the older players become jeopardized because they're going to be younger players coming in taking their spots. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting. You know, I don't know how how this is going to be rectified. And now the G League <clears throat> summer of 2019. Right. Now they're <clears throat> offering top elite prospects coming out of high school, hundred twenty five thousand dollars, and also educational opportunities for them to be able to to mm-hmm. go towards their degree, which is a good thing. And then and yeah. now the NBA proposed to the Players Association lowering the 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 age limit to eighteen now. Yeah, so and it's, then we it's, it's some a, a, good progress. Arizona State we are actually doing some of that education with those guys on, mm-hmm. online. I mean and, mm-hmm. and that and I'll some say of the G League guys. Yeah and I'll oh, say that's, yeah. that's challenging too though. I mean that's you know to not be in a classroom and and, and to the things that you you miss in that in that process, so right. so it's not so there's no right. real great answer. And the idea that you come out of high school and make hundred twenty five thousand dollars, I wish I could make hundred twenty five coming out of high school. But mm-hmm. the idea that it's not going to last forever, everybody has to transition. I mean, every athlete has to find a way to transition. Mm-hmm. And what are you what are you putting in those guys' heads about this is not going to last forever? Mm-hmm. And yeah. start thinking about what what you're going to do. So the idea of having education as a part of it is is a good thing. But are you are you really having the whole conversation about thinking about life? You know, mm-hmm. I grew right. up. Well, first I want to be a fireman, then I want to be a policeman, then I want to be a pro football. You know, I had a chance to think about all this stuff. But you know, the guys that are really doing it, they just, I want to be in the NBA, mm-hmm. right? And, and have, have not had a chance to think about anything different. Does the NBA have? Does Chris Carter still do that NBA, uh, the NFL rookie camp? Oh, they, so the NFL still does a a rookie symposium. Each team, right, does a rookie symposium kind of thing. So I've had a chance to be. Involved in that, and it, it, it's uneven. Some some are very good, but guys like Chris Carter who can tell their life story. Man, and he had he had a yeah. life story. Yeah. I've seen some of those videos of him giving his right. rookie symposiums, and I'm thinking, if I was sitting in there, <laughs> I would be I would be inspired. <laughs> yes, I wouldn't want to do no scared straight. Yeah, totally, no. totally. I, I the other one you want to see is Ronnie Lott. I mean, Ooh. Ronnie he doesn't have the same off field right. problems. But but you know you're gonna listen to Ronnie Lott right. when he's in That's your right. face. That's right. So. Absolutely. Yeah. And the NBA. Yeah. The NBA. Do, I think they do that around the rookie photo shoot around that time in August. They uh-huh. they have mm-hmm. all the rookies come together. Right. So. I mean, because I'm thinking if I'm a one of my well, you know this um, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar has been a friend for a long yes, time. Indeed. Loves jazz. Always hangs out whenever you know we're, we're in the area. Um, I remember. Driving him back to his hotel one time, and this is just when that Andrew Bynum trade went down. Oh, and, to he, and he went to Philly. To Philly right? <laughs> he wound up never playing a game, right? <laughs> and to hear what Kareem had to say about Andrew Bynum was so harsh. And I remember thinking, if I were Andrew Bynum, that alone, to have like the most respected, dignified scholar, you know, uh, uh, patriarch of, of basketball mm-hmm. saying that about me, on that alone, I'd be like, I better tighten my mm-hmm. game up. Right. I can't have Kareem talking about me like that. That's mm-hmm. embarrassing. Right. And I'm thinking, like, are, are, are there, there's got to be mentors in the NBA who command that kind of respect. You, you know, one thing that you see, I mean, being around some of this, is, is how 
quickly your shine disappears once you leave the locker room. If you're not playing anymore, how quickly, uh, you know, you were, that was another era. Right. That was another Mm -hmm. time. Mm -hmm. Right. You couldn't, I mean, as much as we hear about, you know, who could play in this, in this era today, who's the greatest of all time. Yeah. So those conversations, which are, you know, ridiculous in so many ways. (laughs) Uh, But, (laughs) but how are you going to come here as this old man, been out of the league for a year and tell me what to do? See, that's, if Bill Russell came to Mike, he don't even play bass. But Bill Russell, <laughs> if Bill Russell said, "Hey, Christian, you should probably check this out," I'd be like, "Yes, Mr. Russell." <laughs> and, and, and speaking of Don Newcomb, you oh, the late Don man. Newcomb, you yeah, yeah, please shared a story on Twitter that you tweeted out yeah, just man. about generations and about you know elders. You, you, I mean, you can't knowing your history and and uh, respecting your lineage. And knowing, like, like, like Bill mentioned the whole Kurt Flood thing mm-hmm. and, and free agency, you know that man. He, you know he, he said it right. He stood in front of the musket, so all, you know Bryce Harper could get three hundred thirty million dollars. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I, I, I think history is so important, man. You know, it, it, the, what was touching for me was how touched Don Newcomb was that I knew who he was. Mm-hmm. You know, yes. and at the time of this, you know, this was in nineteen ninety nine. I was I was twenty seven. And uh, I saw him in the audience. I'm up, I'm up on stage playing. I saw, man, it's Don Newcomb. I said, oh, man. <laughs> so, you know, ladies and gentlemen, there's a Dodger legend, in, you know, in the audience, you know, Mr. Don Newcomb. And he came backstage, man. He was like, man, how do you know who I am? <laughs> you know, you're too young, man. Yeah. You know, you weren't even – I mean, you. I had retired by the time you were born. I was like, Mr. Newcomb, you know, I, you're a legend. I'm supposed to know who you are, Yes, you know. Yeah. And he was touched by that. Well, you, you know, know what? And, and, and then, I mean, it's an interesting thing, but even at, at that time, and, the, and when those guys were playing, there were so few guys in the league, it's almost sacrilegious not to have known, not right. to even know how they they made mm-hmm. Joe Black, to yes. what these guys look like. I mean, Larry Doby. Larry Doby, yeah. yeah. Jackie Robinson image, all these guys, right. what they look like as they, as they age. Teach these young boys some respect. Respect to their name, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Well, Ken, Ken, you mean as a as an educator? Um, I just wonder, um, you know, it has to. That, I feel like there has to be some sort of. Uh, uh, you, you have to think on both sides of of the of the coin, kind of in terms of whether you want these kids in school or not, like, or if that if the like is there, is it possible that the one and done, even though they are being exploited by the school, but is it possible that that helps a kid, that the fact that just, just having him on campus is helpful um, because it put you know it puts him in that atmosphere, it gives him a chance, you know, to discover. No, no, I know you I mean, I have actually, you know, and, and if, if there was a Senate investigation on me, you would pull this out. I actually wrote at some point that there's a great moment of socialization that takes place by virtue of a kid being on a college campus. Mm. They might discover this is, this educational thing is for them. In the same moment, they discover the the football or basketball thing is not for them. I, I've pulled away from that, and, and it really has to be a desire to be there. And, and I think the the counseling moment is really how good are you, and should you take this chance? And I I don't know how we better help a kid re-enter the education space once they've explored the athletic space. Right. But that's really what we need to do. But to have a kid on campus that doesn't have the interest, that, that uh, you know, the, the, that 30 for 30, the one and not done thing, really it got in my head a little bit about, uh, about what value there could be. If you continue with a one and done rule, maybe some of, some of these institutions should be more forthright about saying, we're here to help you get to the NBA. Right, and, and there's, mm-hmm. there's nothing else that, that we're trying to do, and and I think you know I think there was some good illustrations there of, of places that were doing that, mm-hmm. but it's it's not to to put somebody out of campus and they, and they don't want to be there. I don't think that's benefiting anybody. Although, like I said, you can look up my past history where I said right. there was a time when I thought I thought sure. it was helpful, mm-hmm. you know. And I, I personalized this some. I, I went to Stanford on a football scholarship. I was going, you know, and, and it just kind of st- how stupid I was then. Stanford had gone to the Rose Bowl the year before, so I'm going to a football school. I wasn't really thinking I'm going to, <laughs> right. you know, and end up, you know, not being the guy that I thought I was going to be in a, a couple years in. And I look around and say, "Oh, look where I am." So it's so it worked mm-hmm. for me. So I really uh, projected that too much on on other folks about how much of an impact you can have in, in being in in that setting, because I think it, it's really is um, 
th- th- there really is more corruption is the right word. There really is more dishonesty about why these guys are being brought in. Right. I, I had a, actually had a coach who, who said to me, it was a one black coach at Stanford who recruited me. He said, uh, you may not understand this now, but I, I would prefer that you be all American in the classroom than on the football field, which was a kind of a crazy, you know, as a kid to hear that thing was crazy. But I look back at that now and say, I wonder if this man really knew, you know, what, he knew how, how horrible a football player I was. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and he was really, you know, and it, uh, sort of his last recruit as he left the school, too. So there's a kind of, you know, conspiracy kind of thought of what was going on there. So now it's, so it's, is, it, is it that you've evolved from that to, to the back end where, you, where you're saying now, um, you know, it, you, they shouldn't be forced to be there. But if, the, if they are there um, and they decide to leave, they should have a lifelong scholarship. Life, lifetime scholarship. And we have to do a better job of staying with these guys once that occurs. The, mm. the NFL now has this, this uh, the, the PA has this thing called the, the trust, which works on doing that now. I don't know if the NBA has something similar. There's some great people in the Players Association and the league that are focused on the issue. But there needs to be more, you know, all this money is there, focused on how do we help these men get to that next level. Everybody's got to transition. I mean, that, that's, that's really, you know, any of us have played sports. At some point, we transitioned. Uh, and as I said, the transition is more difficult the longer that you're in it. And you don't think you're going to have to transition. Right. But it happens for everybody. Do you see, I'm sorry, do you see a possibility of this, of that actually happening? Because it doesn't look like the NCAA is going to do anything until, what, until they're forced to. You know, I, get, I, don't, I don't see them paying. You know, they, they're not talking about, they're still not talking about paying kids. Uh, even though there's all this chatter out there, there's all this evidence uh, that they should. There's all this money being made. What what what's going to force? Well, them to you know do what's it? happening. The, the the Power Five schools, so so those those, those conferences that are, are making the most revenue, are starting to do more and more along these lines of, of getting more funds to to the student athlete. The idea that the actual cost of attendance, you know, flights home, all that sort of stuff, is becoming part of the competition that the rules now allow them to to put out there. So I think that that next phase is to really get more focused on the education. But schools like Maryland have lifetime scholarships. Mm. Uh, some places de facto do it. If you come back, they'll let you in. But there needs to be more of a, a systematic way of saying, you know, this is not going to last forever. You have a way to, to come back in. My son played uh, tennis at, at Northwestern. They got this thing, Northwestern for Life. He's been on the circuit for the past couple of years, and he's now paying attention to Northwestern for Life on, mm-hmm. you know, this this might be what I need to do after, I, after I've done this for a while. Right. Now, Christian, uh, yes, you're artistic director of Jazz House Kids. Yes. And that is um, – such a wonderful organization that you co-lead with uh, your wife, Melissa, great vocalist. Um, Now, it's interesting how now you're developing kids to be great musicians, but great people as well. And and how are you being able because they're like it's equivalent to great athletes, like kind of like, you know, so same with music. How how are you able to to help them be able to not just get into great schools, but get scholarships and be able to grow in, 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 in with their craft? I think overall we uh, we 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 train our young people how to be productive people and learn the things that help you become a better musician. Because we realize, you know, there's not there's never going to be another Miles Davis. There's never going to be another John Coltrane like that. So yes, we train young musicians. But what we do is actually train them to take what they learn in learning music, and they can apply that to anything. Mm-hmm. Because one of the things that makes uh, a great jazz musician, as you well know, is listening, mm-hmm. being a team, de- being a team player, knowing when to pass and not to shoot. You know, <laughs> when to take a short solo, when to take a long solo, uh, when to play a substitute chord, and when to play the written chord. Yes. You know what I mean? It, it. I think it teaches you to pick your spots wisely. You know what I mean? And I think that when you get out there in the world and you don't have your instrument in your hand and you're doing something else, you can still use the same skills in music and apply it to anything. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Uh, How to be a good listener, how to be a good team player, how to be empathetic. You know what I mean? Um, And uh, I think that's probably the most important thing we try to uh, impart on our young musicians. And I'm really proud, man, because we now have a... A generation of musicians who are out there gigging, you know Isaiah mm-hmm. Thompson and Julian Lee and uh, Zoe Zoe Abadia and 
uh, Coleman Hughes, mm. and like they they're all our kids, and they're out there hitting now. Yes, you know, indeed. that's a trip. Yes, yes, and then there are students that are doing well. You know, doing well like that. Don't yeah. continue, but but are, exactly are that's doing right. like great that's and right. bad things as ambassadors and doing that's right. That's right. Yep. We, we got to talk about Nick Foles. Oh, oh real quick, real quick. Okay, yes, yes. And Nick Foles, and then and the, then we the, want to the have last Philly piece, and, and, <laughs> and then we want to bring it all the way back. And then after Nick Foles, we want to have you gentlemen talk about what's next. You know, in your careers, you know, any new books you have coming out, uh, uh, Professor Sharpshire, and of course, new projects. We you just finished our joint. Yes, yeah, indeed. Right. Yes, um, but Nick Foles. Okay, Nick Foles or Carson Wentz? Who? Who should the Eagles go with? And we all know who they're going with. Did they make the right decision? I, I, I'll, let, I'll let Brother Ken go first. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Carson Wentz is the future. So, so I, don't, I don't think there's a problem with making that decision. And you, and you have to make a decision. I mean, that's part yeah. of the, the leadership thing. you gotta got to figure out who it is. I am just curious about if they're going to get value for Nick Foles. If, if he w- really wants to fly. I mean, some of the conversations sometimes is he – wants to be a part of this organization in the way that he is. But I think, you know, the Jacksonville conversation comes up, all, the, all these places where he could go mm-hmm. and really lead. And, and I think for him, too, I mean, you know, he's, had, he's, had the, he's been the, around once. I think now he has a level of confidence that he didn't have before yes. that will allow him to be successful. So, I, I, you know, it's almost a toss-up, but I, I think, you know, and, and you do wonder about this Wentz injury thing, but Foles has, you know, had the injury thing, too. But I, I don't fault the Eagles for making a decision on something they can look at much more right. closely than I can. I that's he kind of took the words right out of my mouth. I mean, yes, uh, I love Nick Foles. I think he's a he's a brilliant player. Um, but somehow to think that uh, I mean, Wentz is what twenty twenty four twenty four. Yeah. You know what I mean? You, you can't you can't throw him out just because the man had uh, you know had two injury ridden seasons. You know. Uh, with Foles, uh, like Ken said, like I think people got short memories, man. Um, <laughs> he did not do well for a long time <laughs> under Doug Peterson. He only did well because they were struggling so much. Doug Peterson said, "Like, okay, look, what do you need to do to kind of make this happen?" And they kind of he he kind of went the he. he brought out the old Chip Yo, Kelly Chip play. Kelly offense, <laughs> yeah. right? Right. And, and, and so. Um, and then, like you said, uh, Foles did not do well when he was with the Rams. Mm-hmm. Uh, he sat on the bench with Kansas City. I think he, he played a couple of games, but he didn't do so well. Um, it took him a while to kind of get on the good foot with the Eagles, even through even for the Super Bowl season. Mm-hmm. He didn't really start getting hot till that championship game. Right. You know what <laughs> I mean? So he had more mediocre games, I think, than great games. But he was great when he needed to be great. And you Wentz know? was had, if Wentz was healthy in that second season, he would have been MVP. People, if he didn't get injured, I don't know why that. everybody forgets that. Right. He you was know? he was the leading vote getter. For, I mean, he was the, yeah, I mean, the leader Eagles, for MVP. I think the Eagles the were like what eleven and two right. when when he went down with mm-hmm. that injury. Yes. And, and he was clearly on the way to become the MVP. But you know, we we got short memories. <laughs> 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 yeah, so, now I wish Foles all the best. Man, right. but you know, unless he gets into a system that he's going to be comfortable in, I mean, yeah, he does have the confidence as well. Right. But uh, he's going to have to be in a in a Chip Kelly like system. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know what kind of thing they're going to hook up Maybe down. Go play for UCLA. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's right. Yeah. So put, just build a build a statue of Foles and and have Wentz be the quarterback. That's yeah. that's because <laughs> you know I mean? exactly. you're right. I mean, I mean the way Wentz was playing that that year. Uh, when he was healthy, yeah. and we know it takes a year after a serious injury like that to really be back. Yeah. So I, yeah, I, would, I mean, I think it's a no-brainer. You go with Wentz, and yeah. had a solid rookie year too. You know, the improvement and coming out of North Dakota State—that's another That's thing. Deep. About that. You yeah. know, yeah. like second pick overall and right. coming, out, and then he had a much better season than Jared Goff in their rookie years. Right. You know, <laughs> like, That's right. and everyone written off, wrote off Jared Goff, and now you see when you have the right coach, the right That's support right. system. Yeah. Things change, but we also lo- lost Nate Sudfeld, so we have mm-hmm. no no backup now. Yep. So we yep. went from three quarterbacks to one. Mm-hmm. We need to get somebody in there quick. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Probably get a veteran. Get a veteran. Yeah. You know for sure. Yeah. Maybe Cap to be a backup. Oh, boy, that's <laughs> show, the show's backup. almost over. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Them hubcaps get rusted. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you, you think of Bell? Le'Veon Bell go to the Eagles? Ooh, he likes the possibility <laughs> for sure. Um, I I see him. 
I see him ending up with uh, either the Jets or, or the Raiders. Or huh. the Raiders, yeah. Because that Raider mystique still mm. resonates. It's still, you know, that's silver and black. Marshawn and, and Le'Veon together? Oh, well, Marshawn, I don't, I don't think they're going to gonna bring him back. Don't I don't think, think so. they'll bring Marshawn yeah. back. But mm. but the Jets, though, is in, you know, New York City. Yeah. He'll be a part of that. And, and the Jets, they have, they have, they have money. good, yeah, money and, and a good defense, too. And a good young quarterback in Sam Darnold, who's shown a lot of improvement. So, yeah. Definitely, but uh, we'll see what happens. Well, real quick, gentlemen. Uh, first with uh, Professor Shropshire, what do you have uh, coming? Any books coming out, or any uh, uh, talks, or any um, pre- presentations you're going to do? Any television appearances? Anything coming up? No. You know what? I mean, I'm actually taking a, a book holiday. I'm thinking about some stuff, but but not really focused on uh, any one one topic. The one you mentioned, I kind of just came out a couple of years ago, so I've been thinking about a few things. But really, I, I'll tell you what I've been focused on, and it is to come up with a better system, and, and I use the word a lot intentionally, to help any athlete transition from, from anywhere, mm-hmm. to, to really have something in place, and that's the beauty of being at an academic institution, to have something that, that invites these athletes to, to, to come in and figure out what's, what's next. So, mm-hmm. so that'll include online degrees, that include counseling for careers. We have a uh, and this guy wouldn't mind me saying, I won't use his name, but he, uh, uh, just by way of example, the kinds of people we're thinking about, uh, uh, a guy who played professional basketball in Australia, an Australian guy for 14 years, had played college ball at USF and at Augusta State, mm-hmm. never thought about anything else, he's going to play forever, 14 years, he's now 39 years old, happens to be in Arizona, and he contacted us and said, I'm trying to figure out what I'm going to do right now. And after 14 years of ball, I'm cleaning pools. I clean 85 pools a week. Mm. So wow. to think about those kinds of stories. So it's, it's great to think about the, the big-time guys, but there's, there are a lot of people that invested in, the, in their dreams in that. So that, that to me is, you know, you're trying to figure out what your, your mission is. I was trying to retire, and this, this opportunity came up, and they sort of said, you do whatever you want to do. So we're doing all this research and all this other stuff, but I think some kind of structure that better provides for all these guys, and that's, how we got in touch with the G League. We're doing a bunch of stuff. Mm-hmm. Just, I just did a program with the Dolphins this, this past week talking to their guys about, about next steps. So, mm-hmm. so that to me is something that, that, that's very important that has been, as, as you said, it's not, you know, there's no real value in the moment for the leagues or for the NCAA, but it's, it's all these, these men and women, and mainly us, that are out there that, that are, uh, can be tremendous contributors if they can figure out what, what's next. And it may not even be school. It may be you need to go home and work with dad. It may, it may be that you need to, to get that plumbing certificate or what, whatever it is, mm-hmm. but to be open enough to help, help guys think through that. Hopefully just, Coach Hurley could have a place for him, yeah, maybe. Yeah. You never, you know, just, you never just, know Coach Bobby. Just a question on what you're doing with the G League. Um, how, how did that come about, and what is the actual uh, program? So, so it is a, uh, an opportunity, in the, and we were at uh, – uh, in, in Vegas at the whatever that thing's called where summer league, the summer league, yeah, yeah. yeah. and it's given a presentation to the guys to let them know here's an opportunity you have, and the league provides some some funding and a discount for for them to engage in in doing it. And then this you know, this new opportunity came up, and there's still I think there's still some structuring going on about what happens with the guys that get in the the 125 and the education. But this is one of the paths that they might go. I mean, for for many of the guys, if you know those guys are coming straight out of high school. But for many of the guys that have spent some time in school um, and maybe a, a degree, a, a course or two away, all they need is some guidance. And you, you think about how you know, these guys in this kind of business always have their hand held. Just some help maybe even going back to your old school and saying, how do I do these last two courses to get this degree? Because so many of these guys want to, as you allude to, want to coach even at the high school level. And, and in so many places you can't do that unless you have the degree. So it really right. is just mm-hmm. to close that piece out. Wow. Wow. And Christian. Yes, sir. What do you have coming up, sir? I know you. Well, you already know. Always busy. Because you were on it. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, we just completed uh, my next big band record, which will be a salute to uh, the the two classic records that Jimmy Smith and Wes Montgomery made together. And uh, so Joey D. Francesco and Mark Whitfield are the two primary guests mm-hmm. on the new CD. Billy. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> my, my homie. My, my, my closest and oldest partner. You know? <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so Joey, of course, plays the part of Jimmy Smith. Whitfield plays yeah. Wes Montgomery. I play the part of both Oliver Nelson and Richard Davis. Right. <laughs> playing, both, playing bass and, and uh, doing some of the arranging. Um, other than that, uh, that's, that's going to be released sometime in the uh, – 
late summer, early fall. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I'm also planning, uh, I'm getting ready to do a duet record with uh, the great classical bassist Edgar Meyer. Wow. So and, the uh, first one. This will be the first, first one. one. Oh, yep. Finally. <laughs> so uh, I'm, I'm quite nervous. We've, we've been rehearsing <laughs> the last few days. And, uh, you know, for me, that's like going one-on-one with Jordan. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> and you're LeBron, you know? LeBron <laughs> and Jordan. That's, that's what I mean. That's right. <laughs> Two of the best. That's Man. it. <laughs> as long as I'm playing this, I'm okay. I, I, I got a chance. But as soon as we pull those bows out oh, Christian, and they please, start going for the please, classical uh, stuff, <laughs> ooh. I'm like, nah, you I, have that I, I, I should go arsenal. sit on the bench. <laughs> you have that. No, you have that in your arsenal for sure. And uh, why, and SiriusXM, you host also yes, Lowdowns. Yes, I'm still doing my, my SiriusXM show, uh, the Lowdown Conversation with Christian on SiriusXM every Saturday afternoon at 12 noon on Real Jazz. Uh, with a replay on Tuesday night at 9, and uh, NPR's Jazz Night in America. I actually don't know what night that comes on. (laughs) (laughs) It seems to change every season. Oh, wow. (laughs) Hey, but but people listen to NPR religiously, so they'll they'll hear it. They they know. It will occur. (laughs) You have any performances in the the area? Uh, I got um, some stuff in Newark coming up. uh, starting at the end of March, uh, I'm going back on tour with Chick Corea, and we're going to be playing NJ Pack uh, on April the 12th, I believe it is, mm. uh, and then Kate May on the 13th. Uh, but I don't think I have anything going on in, in the city, um, probably until we play Dizzy's right. with the big band. June, I, I, I got a feeling I'm wrong about that. There's something coming up that I'm just not thinking of, but... Uh, that's how that's how busy he is. <laughs> that's a show. <laughs> you know, we do have one one big event that that uh, might be of interest to folks is on, on March 29th. It's the the Global Sports Summit. The focus is on racing sports around the globe. Oh, okay. so Bill's going to be there. Bill Roden, excellent. Howard that's Bryant, nice. who wrote the, the great oh, book yes. The Heritage, mm-hmm. and the headlining Jamel Hill. Mm-hmm. I was going to be interviewed by uh, Dr. Todd Boyd. So that, that's going to nice. be a, a very interesting date. And, that, and that's in, in Phoenix. That's going to be in Phoenix. Wow. Okay. March 29th. March 29th. Yeah. March 29th. March 29th. All right. Well, thank you guys for joining us, uh, Professor Shropshire uh, and Christian McBride. Thank you. Thank you so My much honor. for, for joining us. It's our honor, for sure. Mm. Um, to the listeners, we'll be back next week. Uh, check us out. Uh, on iTunes, like like the show, subscribe to the show, comment uh, on iTunes, and let us know what you think. That that's always helpful. Uh, check us out on Twitter at Bros Pod, uh, Facebook uh, Bill Roden on Sports, Instagram at Bros Pod, and uh, from the Bate, we're signing out. See you next week. listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube you know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks that's what our podcast people are the worst brings you with each episode i'm rachel And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.